You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Union 0430. You got to understand the chat that we were just having, and that's why I'm laughing. I had to hit the record button. Something that we do all the time. We add this chat before we go, uh, before we hit the record, and, and it's usually the best content. So I had to stop Ryan and Dana and, uh, and hit the record button because it was just too good to pass up. Welcome to episode 94. We are so lucky to have Mr. Dana... I, I'm, I'm going to say your last name, Dana, but I want to make sure that I'm pronouncing it right because, you know, everything is, uh, I look at your name and I'm thinking it's French. So, uh, Lovell? Lovell. Lovell. Okay. See, if, if you were in Canada, that, that's what they would say. It would be Lovell. They, yeah. they totally would. They totally would. But so Dana's coming to us from, from I'm going to say, Guilford, Maine. Am I right? Yo! Yeah, so so I got to tell you, because Jeff put me up to this, right? I'm sure he did. Yeah, so Jeff Coates put me up to this, and he said it's either Guilford or Gulford, and you and you figure out which one you're going to say. So I was like, <laughs> it, it's Guilford. I'm like, it's totally Guilford. <laughs> it took, it's taken him two years. I've, I, I'll text him, and I'll do it like the sound spell. D-I-L-F-O-R-D. and he frigs it up every time uh that's awesome that's awesome so we've got we've got dana coming to us from from gulford um maine and we've got ryan coming to us from nova scotia and you know they're practically neighbors um nova scotia maine. from another mother yeah yeah um, a, a very long a very long and prestigious history of the state of maine and and the province of nova scotia so um so this is really cool and it's only the, it's only us three on tonight um mark is getting ready to go mark is getting ready actually to head to nova scotia because mark is moving to nova scotia in the summer so ryan and him can continue their bromance and uh and and all that stuff philly is is working and you know what phil is continuing the good work uh of the police force up in toronto so uh he's doing that and dave is on his firefighting uh night so uh so unfortunately you're just left with uh ryan and i and we get to chat chat with dana who who i've been chatting with for the last couple months and it's and it's awesome to finally get to to see you dana and then see your face i see your face on on posts but but to actually talk to you and i got to say my favorite accent in the world is Mm. that is that northeastern coast of 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 america i love that maine that maine massachusetts accent i just absolutely love it um so dana i know you've listened to the show welcome buddy welcome to the show and thank you so much for doing this oh well thank you for having me i'm i'm flattered i uh i try to keep up with you guys as much as i can and like i said we've got a a common thing with um being good friends with jeff and karen coates Mm -hmm. um but yeah, no. So thanks for having me on. It's, it's, uh, it'll well, be fun. And, and, and I've got to, you know, to give you an idea of the quality of man 
that Dana is. About two months ago, he sends me a message and he goes, I'm trying to figure out a way to send you bird dog whiskey. And I'm like, buddy, <laughs> you do not have to send me. And he's like, no, but there's, there's more flavors that you don't even know about. He was like, I, I got to get some. And I was like, buddy, you do not have. And now the border is open so we can, we can go yeah. across and, and get our own and stuff like that. I'm like, buddy, the last thing you need is ATF knocking on your door. Well, and, <laughs> and funny thing is when we started talking, they, I believe they just had come out with the grapefruit or the pink grapefruit. Yeah. That's what you were saying. Right. So I, I had, had, it, I had it all ahead. labeled up with long line decoy label and the whole deal. And I actually run the logistics department for Puritan Medical. We make the COVID test swabs. Okay. So I know all the ins and outs and, and tricks yeah. to the trade. And everyone I talked to, I said, look, I'm not sending a 55-gallon drum. I'm <laughs> a fifth. Yeah. And all of my connections from the Postal Service to UPS, FedEx, they're like, dude, don't try that. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, can I mark it like maple syrup or something? They're like, you can. <laughs> if you see a big black suburban pulling your driveway, come Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's funny because I, I remember back to my deployments uh in I was, Afghan I was in just gonna say I was yeah, just in Afghanistan pretty, yeah. and and Iraq. And um, the last time my wife, at the time, I used to be on a big kick of Jameson's Irish whiskey. And um, so what my wife would do is she would go buy like a quart, uh, a quart of whiskey and pour it into seven up bottles. And that's how she would send it to me in Afghanistan. And it would go through. Oh, yeah. 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 But it was it was different because um because the Canadian Postal Service, just like same down in the states with the uh, what is it, Ryan? Is it APO or something? What's that? The the uh, the American military they have their own. I think it's APO or something like that. For the um, Postal Service? Yeah. Cute? No, no. But when it comes, when it gets sent from from the states to a to a base overseas, they have their own, like it all goes through the US USPS, but they have. Yeah. Uh, like a specific post office for the American troops or something. So, oh, the one, um, the one at the PX or whatever. Yeah. 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 So it's the same in, in Canada, right? To get the Canada yeah. post sort of kind of does the same thing when you're sending stuff overseas to the troops. So as long as it's not ticking and it's going to blow up, I think they sort of kind of <laughs> let it go. I think they sort of kind of let it go. So uh, the best, but, the best one I saw in my, on, in Af in Af when I was in Afghanistan was, my buddy's father-in-law sent him a thing of gin and he took a Listerine bottle and dumped all the Listerine out and refilled it with gin. And he even took the time to like, you know, when you get the lid, you turn the lid, yeah. all the little plastic snaps, yeah. they all break. He actually yeah. took a lighter or barbecue lighter and like re them all back together. Yeah. Like basically soldered them in. So that's too legit. That's too legit to quit. Yeah. That's awesome. So I got, <laughs> so we got to keep this conversation going boys, because it, it was awesome. Um, so we're, we're, we're sitting here and we're just shooting the shit, um, waiting to hit the record button. And, and Dana goes, you know, Damien, I'm glad to see the, the beard is growing back and, and stuff like this. So we're, we're talking and, and stuff. And of course, you know, Dana's like, well, you know, I hardly ever shave it. 
I've only shaved it a couple times in 20 something years. And, and now I'm noticing creases and stuff. And Ryan's like, yeah, and I'm getting hair growing out of the top of my ears. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm getting a growing out of inside of my fucking ears and stuff like this. And, and here we are. The, the most amazing thing is, is that I still think I'm 21 years old. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, like I've got a 16 year old daughter. Um, she's, she's got her girlfriends that comes by. She's got a boyfriend now. Um, and I talk to those people, like I'm 21 years old and my daughter is just like, what are you saying? Like, you're, you're my dad. You don't talk like this. Are you you're not try- suppo- yeah. They walk into your house and they're, you're trying to fist bump them. Is that what's going on or what? Well, not so much fist bump. I'm, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay relevant to, to, to what they're talking about. I can't do the music because the music is absolutely fucking horrible. Um, oh, it is. So like I grew, like when I like I'm 45 years old. So like when it comes to rap music, you know, like Biggie and, and those guys, like that's who I listen to. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, me. yeah. So yeah. stuff that when you heard it, you were like, yeah, man, this, this got yeah. a groove to it. And this stuff that my daughter's listening to, like, I'm like, how could you even like, how do, how does that put you in a good mood? Here's because how you they, know it's, yeah, here's how you yeah. know it's it's crap and not generational is like the stuff that my parents listened to when I was a kid. Yeah, I still like that and I still listen yes. to that. And you guys yes. are probably the same. Like, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, like CCR, all that, like yeah. all that good old yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But yeah. now it's just like, mm, no. Well, so when I'm, I'm, boys, we're really on a tangent here. Oh, this is um, a beauty. La- ladies and gentlemen, we will talk about waterfowl and decoys, I promise <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> But like, I, I'm trying to give my daughter some, some lessons, right? Uh, on music. And I'm like, the stones. And she was like, yeah, what about them? I was like, do you know that the Rolling Stones actually started in like the late sixties? It was the late sixties, man. And they're still going on. Well, Keith Richards, I, I'm pretty sure he's, he's already clinically dead and they just keep him alive somehow. <laughs> but um, I'm like, the bands that I listen to will last forever. Look at ACDs. This, mm. My fa- my favorite band of all time. Yeah. I just watched a documentary on, on Netflix on ACDC. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but my favorite band of all time is ACDC. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing to this day, you can still go to a nightclub and if they play Thunderstruck, Who Made Who, any yeah. of those. I mean, you no matter how, what the generation is, you look around, yeah, everybody's heads bopping, feet are going. Absolutely, yeah. you can't say that too much about any other bands. No, 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 you're absolutely right. But anyways, so to get back on the, the trying to get back like Talk this, this whole, yeah, the ear hair and and you know like things are things are really starting to fucking go side go south for me here now body wise. Like I. I <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm look. i look. i wake up in the morning sometimes and i'm going like my uh, you know i consider my wife uh, a bit of a smoke show um and i wake up in the morning sometimes and i'm going what in the fuck is she doing with me like <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just like i'm not that good looking like 
and she's not with me for my body. That's for sure. Um, and it's not my money. So I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I really don't. Things are starting to go south, boys. 45 years old. And, and by no means is that old, I know. But uh, I don't know. There's some serious mileage on this body. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you both will agree is I hear my father. <laughs> yeah. Me. Telling my, I mean, my, my son's 24, my daughter's 27, and it's like, I'm thinking, man, you know, I, I sound like my father preaching to him, you know, and I'm, you know, oh. but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I'm 46, and it's like, you know, I wake up in the morning, and you know, I can barely walk. My back's killing me. I gotta hobble down the stairs and get on my inversion table to straighten my back out. You know, pops and Tylenol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, man, I'm going to be a wreck by the time I get to retire. Well, th this is what I'm, and now uh, uh, my buddy, Bill Kennedy, like, so, so Billy is, I think Billy is 61 or 62 years old. And I'm telling you, like this, this man is in peak shape. Like he had a, he had a, like a heart surgery done last year. Uh, like last summer, uh, last fall, I think, or something like that, or maybe it was late winter. Anyways, um, they done a heart surgery on him. Like the fucking guy was knocked back. Like he couldn't move. Like he couldn't even walk up, like leave his living room and walk up the stairs to his bedroom without being winded and everything. And now uh, last week he went and done a stress test uh, with the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're good. He's on the treadmill and he looked at the doctor. He's like, I'm getting bored. And they were like, well, yeah, like get off, I guess. And he was just like, yeah, this is, this is nothing. And meanwhile, here I am like, like a slug trying to get around and, and clean up some trees and, and stuff around the property. And I'm just sucking wind out of my asshole to try in order to get it done. Right. Uh, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> man it's awful and then so ryan and now you're like you're you're on your way out of the military and now because listen i will be the first person to say that that in the military there's times where you're called upon and you're doing some pretty crazy hard work and some pretty demanding situations but there are some times where it's a pretty good gig to get paid the kind of money and really not do too not do too too much or at least it was for me in my yeah. trade there was days when i didn't really do a whole lot and now like you're out like you're you're doing manual work now yeah i went from like i worked my way up the ranks got a pretty good you know leadership yeah. position and charge people administrative flew a desk and now it's like into the labor force at 39 and uh, <laughs> like into the solar energy sector. And I'm at the bottom trying to work my way back up to the top to get to that nice little position again. But, but yeah, I'm, I still feel good. I'm still like you guys, like I, I don't yeah. feel my age at all, right. but uh, you know, but it is. Well, it is and, and you, and your son, like, like Nate, how old is Nate? Like six? He just turned six in April. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he would keep you pretty young too. Right. Like, he, he does I and mean, he yeah. also ages me at the same time so the double-edged <laughs> yeah. sword yeah it yeah. is um dana buddy it's taken us i don't know how long what have we been 20 minutes into this and we haven't even talked about decoys yet um okay. so 
you know, like I wanted, I wanted to talk to you about the decoys and, and we've been chatting back and forth and stuff. And then, you know, last week, um, I don't think Jeff, actually, I don't think Jeff knew that you and I chatted because no, he, I, don't. I don't think so because he sent the text and he was like, Damien, uh, I want you to meet Dana. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, we meet and uh, we've talked and chatted and stuff like that. So, yeah. and that's when I was like, man, I got to get, I got to get Dana on the show because, uh, you know, it, it, it's time to get them on. And, and a lot of the reasons, so I guess twofold, the fact that you're a friend of Jeff's tells me a lot about the type of person that you are, because I know the type of people that Jeff considers his close friends. So that, that was, you know, something I was like, well, if he's a buddy of Jeff's, then, then he's good. But then, you know, way back when, when I started looking at your decoys and, and stuff like that, and I just thought, you know, there's all these people and, and I am 100% and I've said it on this show. I am not 100% sold on, on decoys that are flocked and, and these ridiculously expensive decoys with all this fucking detail to them and stuff like that. And when I looked at yours, I was like, see that that's all you need. And, and you're coming from a part of North America where sea duck hunting is as much ingrained in, into the fiber of, of that part of the world as it is in, in Arkansas. And right. right. So, and I look at your decoys and I'm like, see, simple, it's simple. It's got the colors. It, it looks like the shape of a duck, but it yeah. doesn't have to be anything flashy or, or anything like that. So I really, really liked it. You know what I mean? So when, when, now, what I didn't realize was that you make them out of lobster trap buoys, which is really yeah. cool because I grew up mm. I grew up with my grandfather fishing or you know lobster fishing. So so that's the sort of thing. Like it, it it's cool to me because it it's a part of something that I I grew up uh, being part of. So I just I guess I, what I'm getting at is I really wanted to pick your brain on you know with with all the pressure of everybody producing this high quality flocked painting scheme that's ridiculous and and you're making them out of at a lobster pot buoys yeah. and and you're making good decoys they look good and they work yeah um <clears throat> yeah I, first and foremost I, I just want to say thank you for the compliments but um I've had, of course, you're going to get it with everyone, you know, um, and anything you do, negativity and, and people commenting. Um, I didn't invent this. Yeah. I, you know, these have been around for a hundred years, but this, this is the first one I ever saw. It is as crude as yeah. crude can be. And a friend of mine who actually is my taxidermist sent me up a bag of decoys. He's like, hey, if you can use any of these, use them. If not, heave them. So they were all, you know, old plastic carry like decoys. And I think I threw away most of them, but I came across this old squaw. Yeah. I'm thinking, what in fuck is that? <laughs> and then I got looking and I said, you know, the more I looked at it yeah. and I was intrigued by it. And then I put it in water and saw how buoyant it was and how mm -hmm. it went with the water. It was amazing. So I said, I mean, I'm fairly artistic. I mean, I'm no Van Gogh, but I thought I can... I can one up this. I really truly think I can. So one thing led to another and a lot of trials 
and tribulation and and error and you know and that this is probably the one I'm I'm probably most Ooh, proud of. That's um, nice. And I've yeah, actually had nice. a couple outfitters in Alaska reach out to me and uh, and wanted me to do a bunch of Harlequin. This is the only Harlequin I've ever done, and will be the only Harlequin that I ever do. Um, it was way too much detail, way too much time. I mean, I would need to get a couple hundred dollars a piece. Yeah. For these yeah, in order I, to make it work your way. Right. I mean, I've got, yeah. you know, I've got so much time and, and I try not to make them too detailed because as you know, with sea ducks or divers, to, in my personal opinion, and this is my opinion, you know, they're not coming into the detail. They're coming, you've heard of guys using yeah. old Clorox bottles. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. white Clorox bottles for eiders. Put a little squirt of black spray paint on one side or the other and throw them out and they'll decoy. Yeah. You know, Gold and I will do the same things. So, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I started dabbling and in, in, uh, in doing some sea ducks and eiders and, and uh, even old squat to me, are, I've, I've done a couple, I've got a dozen or so that my son and I use, but again, it takes too much time and, and to be able to sell them to people, I would just need to get an astronomical amount of money to make it worth my, my time. Um, it, uh, but right now in this crazy go Brandon world, it uh, lobster buoys. Yeah, there's a nationwide shortage of well, the resin. So here's one for you, not to get you off topic here, because I, but I really want. So I'm talking to Craig Mintz uh, from Real Geese Decoys. No cardboard. You can't get fucking cardboard. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I buy all my buoys from a place in New Hampshire, a distributor down there. They're probably one of the biggest in New England. And I use a certain type of, of buoy. It's an eight and a half by 15. But as you can see, can you see the yeah. hole? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's the size of the buoy. Obviously, you want the bigger, the body mass, as much white or black, yeah. you know, on the water as you can get in the buoyancy. And too, a lot of times I will um, make a long line and, and leave it connected to the boat. Because yeah. a lot of the places where we hunt, you know, if lobster boats are coming through, you don't want to have two or three sets of long lines in their way because they're not going to stop. And I don't blame them. You know, no, they've got a, they got a job to do. So believe it or not, those little holes do help when you're towing. You know, the water will flow through them and, and come out the back. Really? But, yeah. So this particular style buoy and, and many others, the resin that they use to make those in three plants in Texas, there's a nationwide shortage. They can't get it. So I haven't had to be, I haven't gotten buoys for, I don't know, four months. Wow. And I'm on a waiting list. And she said, you know, Dana, think how these poor lobstermen are doing, you know, they're trying to survive and make a living. You know, they're out having to scrounge around and, and use buoys that they really don't want to use that aren't big enough and, or, yeah. you know, buying used ones and trying to fix them and patch them up and, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. Wow, wow. So, so needless to say, my uh, my my productivity on on uh, decoys in the last three months has been pretty slow. I've got two uh, two groups of mallards that I'm sending down to Arkansas, um, and after that, I don't I don't know when I'm going to get buoys again. <laughs> well, we'll see. Crazy, like. And, and I don't want to go on this, this huge political, this huge political rant, but 
you know, Canada and the United States, you know, two of the, you know, what I consider two of the most developed countries in the world. Now, yeah. Europe is, but two of the most developed countries in the world. And, and we are absolutely crippled on, on supply and demand because of overseas um, logistics, right? Like yeah, it, it is just, it is absolutely, it's absolutely mind boggling that, that we're in this state, like uh, in the position that, we, that we're in, like I'm talking to, so like uh, uh, without saying names, but talking to, to people that are, that are in this waterfowling world and, and who gets their stuff come, come in for, on shipping containers from China, like they have no idea. No, yeah. no idea when anything is going to show up. They don't know what's going to show up. Um, I know, yeah, just it, it, it's wild, man. Just absolutely wild. And I laughed when I heard about a shortage of cardboard mm. and now resin for, for lobster pot buoys. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, like it's, it's 2022. Yeah, where does it end? I, I, yeah, like I just I read I read a report that I just read a report before we before you guys jumped on that 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 the Dow is down, Walmart, Target is is you know um, the most loss in shares in the last decade happened today, and and like this is Walmart and Target. Yeah, like yeah. name name a store in North America that that has more visitors than walmart and target mm. and their stock is down like yep. jesus christ like this this is don't, getting crazy don't check your 401k <laughs> well yeah oh. well, we don't yeah <laughs> man i just cashed out i just got my pension and yeah. in december it was worth over 400k and now it's sub 300 so it went down seriously yeah. yeah so yeah, oh, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, it is a hard. I'm hundred thousand dollars since Christmas. Holy yeah. smokes, dude! Yeah. Wow. Yes, sir. That so. is crazy. Um. Okay. So, yeah. Story, ladies and gentlemen. I I know you. Know I'll, I'll segue <laughs> in. I'll segue in and say it cuts into my decoy fund. So there. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I really wanted to say because. Um, so, so Jeff had mess, messaged me earlier today and he said, I hope you have, guys have a good show tonight. And I'm like, oh yeah, it'll be, it'll be awesome. And uh, he was like, make sure you say hi to Dana for me. And I was like, oh yeah, I will. And, and stuff like that. He was, and he said, I take, I give Dana the credit for the phone Zillas. He said, because that's, that's where I got the idea for the phone Zillas was, was from Dana. So, you know, like there is something to be said, Dana, about this, this idea of, of simplicity, right? Like, and, and in the army, we always used to say, we'll apply the kiss rule to everything, keep it simple, stupid. Um, and I, and that's what you're doing. You're, you're keeping it simple. I get it that you don't have the resin, but it's simple and it friggin' works. Like what more do you want? And, and, you know, and I've had people that have, you know, reached out to me multiple times and, and asked, you know, how much are they? And I, and I tell them and whatnot. And, 
I never hear another peep. I can see on Instagram that they've yeah. read it, and that's <laughs> it. And, and that's fine, you know. Uh, you know, if, if you know, you know. I mean, anybody who makes anything by hand, I mean, your time is is priceless. And that's you right. know, I take pride in my stuff. And you know, if you don't want to pay it, that's fine. I, I get it. But yeah. I'm I'm more than willing to to uh, point people in the right direction if they want to make their own. I mean, I yep. can you know give them give them tips that have taken me months if not years to come down with like the you probably can't see it but the epoxy that holds the keel in mm -hmm. trying to find something that that uh, isn't affected by salt water i mean i don't know how many times i picked the decoy up and the keel would be gone <laughs> think, yeah well that's a good selling point i guess I'm, <laughs> you know back um, to the drawing board back to the drawing board uh, but I finally found an epoxy that you can buy right at your local hardware store. It's liquid nails, polyurethane. Yeah. And, Only and liquid that's... nails, polyurethane. Any other liquid nails, for some reason, it will not completely harden. And it like okay, next go to, for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Next to uh, next to like the Bering Sea, like Alaska and all that, where guys are hunting harlequin and kings and stuff. As far as a waterfowl is concerned, there's nothing. There's no conditions harder. Like the, the Atlantic Ocean is second place. Like there's nothing, it, there, it's a two horse race in my opinion, as far as conditions and weather and just stuff changing, changing on, uh, you know, conditions changing on a dime. Absolutely. Um, so what kind of things are you factoring in for longevity when you're just designing a decoy like paint? Cause like salt water is completely different than fresh water. Uh, you know, having waves come on top of your decoys. What kind of things are you considering if you're building a decoy for uh, ocean ocean waterfowl? That's still to be determined, believe it or not. Um, I use an acrylic paint. Now, Jeff uses, I believe, like some type of special oil-based. Um, but I've had really good luck with this, this acrylic, and it's made by Liquitex. And so far, I think I've had three sets of eider decoys. I think this will be going on the fourth year. And knock on wood, the paint has held up excellent. I mean, there is, you know, spots in some of the, you know, where it's rubbed up against rocks and barnacles have taken the paint off. But from the water itself, it's held up really well. Um, so that's kind of been a work in, in progress. But, um you know, obviously the, the buoys, the foam itself, I mean, lobster buoys will last a little while, would last you and, you know, outlast you and I. Um, I do make these heads that, and it's just a simple quarter 20 um, eye bolt that goes in the bottom. In the bottom of the head, I should have grabbed another head. It's got a threaded insert that goes up in the head. So you can, you can uh, adjust the, the placement yeah. of the head or if for some reason you've got a guy in your boat that can't shoot worth a shit and you know the head gets blown off or takes a beating over the years, you can interchange the heads. Um, so that that's kind of been a bonus. The keel took me forever to figure out what I could use for a keel that was somewhat lightweight, but yet was heavy enough. For the most part, they will upright themselves. Um, composite decking. Well, that's and so right there, that stuff is nice and cheap to buy, eh? Composite uh, decking? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No. So luckily, I've got a few contractor buddies, and they have, always have a bunch of ends. 
Yeah. So I'll come home from work and there'll be a pile of ends sitting at the end of my driveway. And so it works out perfect. But yeah, you know, I mean, they're, they're not for everybody, but uh, those buoys will take a hell of a beating. I mean, I've, I, uh, a couple of years ago, I put one in the pond behind my house and I shot it with my 10 gauge at probably 10 feet just to see what, <laughs> just to see what it would do. And I bet it sucked up 80% of the pellets. Is that right? Eh? There, there were some that came out the other side, but the great thing with that is, is that it's not going to sink it. And at the end of the season, Jeff does it too. Um, I use another liquid nails product. It almost comes in like a toothpaste container and you just scuff up the buoy and use your thumb go over all the holes, let it dry overnight. Give it a fresh coat of paint and you're good to go. What's the most common damage you see for like CD coins? Is it, is it surf related? Is it just shot related? Like what, what's the most? I would, I personally would say shot related. Yeah. You know, especially if, if you, um, like where Jeff hunts, we, we get waves. Jeff gets um, just the rollers. I, I, man, oh, man, I'm, I'm pretty, have pretty good sea legs, but, boy, two years ago I went out with him, and I, by the about two hours in, I was hurting. I wish I had taken a whole box of Dramamine. Man, really? it just, oh, it, you know, you sit there and you go down, and all you see is water. You come back up on top of the wave and you can see, you know, Ocean City and all the decoys and everything else. And then you go down and you, so imagine trying to sit in that boat. I don't care if it's the world's largest duck boat or not. You're sitting in that boat <laughs> and you're doing this and, you know, and you've got birds <laughs> flying by. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a blast. It really is. Um, but yeah. I, I, I always laugh. Like you watch them, like when the season's on the go, and and Jeff is, you know, he's he's taking the video of, of the hunt and he was like, lead them, lead them, lead them. Yeah, you can lead them, but there, there's nothing that's that's talking about no. the deflection that's going up and down because I, now I'm not a big sea duck hunter. I, I've, I've never, well, I've done it in, in Newfoundland, but um, not to the extent that you guys do it. Like, you've got to be a pretty seasoned good shot when those rollers are coming in and picking off those birds that are coming in at mock chicken because we all know how fast first off we know how fast divers are we know how tough divers are and now you got the, you got the rolling atlantic ocean on top of it yeah it's yeah, yeah it's insane and and i can uh, when you watch jeff's videos you hear him laughing all the time <laughs> well, you, can't, you can't help but laugh Mm -hmm. on that boat and if yeah. you and another thing if you don't have thick skin you should not be going out there because you are going <laughs> to yeah oh, but no it's yeah it's it's an yeah, experience if you don't if you don't have thick skin Je jeff is going to have to do a double order of crabs to go for you to, yeah. to try and uh, prop you up well, yeah. that doesn't sound that bad <laughs> i'm not see and that's the thing like i'm not a big shellfish guy right like you guys oh. Like you guys are like, oh, we go down with Jeff. We're going to crabs to go, and I'm like, well, I could really care less about the shellfish, but you know, to, to get my hands on some actual fish, fish that that would be, that would be my thing. But shellfish, not so much. Yeah, no, yeah. we went to, we went to crabs to go. Um, one of the days we were down there, and John, the owner, who's a wicked hot shit, um, I became really good friends with him. 
I'd never had crab cakes before. Believe it or mm -hmm. not, living in Maine, I just, yeah. we don't have a lot of crab. It's mostly lobster, clams. Yeah. And said, you got to try a crab cake. That was one of the best damn things I've ever had. Really, eh? Phenomenal. It was, yeah. Hmm. Maybe, no, you know, no. maybe I, maybe I would like a crab cake because it's not just all crab, right? Like that, it, shellfish is just so rich to me. Like I like lobster, but I can eat two, two claws and maybe a bit of a tail. Um, and then I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm done. Meanwhile, my, meanwhile, my dad takes his shirt off when he goes, sits down at, at the, <laughs> you know, he got, he got his, he got his big knife and, and his yeah. cutting board in front of him and, and, yeah. and mom's, mom's bread pan full of lobsters and it's just fucking ripping and, like, and they're like sir <laughs> this is a red lobster you need to put shirt on <laughs> yeah uh so like, i'm not i'm not so bad as what my dad is but uh yeah yeah i actually when we went to pei um last year so karen <clears throat> obviously jeff and karen were there and and we had went to this um fish store and the boys were buying, uh, they were buying scallops and, and all of this stuff, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, have, have at it, go, go nuts. And I was telling the, the shop owner that I was from Newfoundland and he was like, oh, did you want some fish cakes? So fish cakes to me is, is one of the best things in, in the entire world. And, and I was like, yeah, I'd love to have some fish cakes. Not really expecting, you know, a, a great fish cake. So anyways, we come back and I make them and Karen, I said, Karen, you got to try this because Karen had caught a tuna a couple of days before. And it was really the first time that I had eaten fresh tuna, um, which fucking unbelievable how good that was. And I said to Karen, I said, you got to try this, this fish cake, probably one of the best fish cakes I've had. And, and it's so good. And, and Karen was like, oh my God, that is good. And I was like, it, right? I was like, Does, doesn't touch your, your fresh tuna, but you know, it, it is pretty good. So yeah. not, no. another tangent. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but what you were starting to say about, about the, uh, the foamzillas, I, uh, I'd always followed and watched Jeff on, on TV and just kind of always idolized him. I just always had so much respect what he does and, and knowing that that's his profession and and what he's gone from to what he's you know made it to now and and uh so when i first came up when i made one of my first uh surf scoter decoys i said you know what fuck it i'm gonna try i'm just gonna send it to him and, and see what happens yeah. and he did he did send me a thank you and kind of some time went by and then all of a sudden he does, does this post on instagram and he's thanking me for it and he's all about building this new type of decoy kind of using similar to what i've done but yeah. maybe just a little bit different and uh, one thing led to another and like i said now he and i are, are great friends and i've been down hunting with him and it uh but it's amazing that the the first hunt when i went down there with him it was pretty cool i was pretty flattered we had my long line decoys on one side and had his surf scoters on the other that's cool yeah, it was really cool. But I, mine looked good. And like I said, they did their job. But his design of his, of his um, foamzillas, the way the body is to make, make them that much more the, uh, larger, 
and more visible. Mm -hmm. With the way the water goes down there, they do work a lot better than mine would. They're just a, they stick out, you know, they're much more, vibrant's not the word, but they're definitely more noticeable. And I think that the birds can pick them out from a lot longer distance. Well, and, and from what I know, and, and Ryan, you can chime in on this too, because, um, and Dana, you know it as well, but geographical location, like what works in one place doesn't work in another place, right? So like, so like what you're doing in Maine works. What yep. your work may not work in Maryland. What I'm doing in Ontario is not going to work in, in Nova Scotia, right? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell myself short if I was you, buddy. It's just, it's geographical and, and the birds, like, I, I've always said that, that we give a lot of credit to the birds um, because they have a brain the size of a pea. And I say that, but at the same time, I realize 100% that in, in their geographical area, they know what's right and they know what's wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. So I, what's, Damien, can you move one side or the other? So I'm thinking probably where that bottle of bird dog is, if we slid that over, we should have room for a long line decoy. I'm guessing right in there somewhere. Ooh, buddy. That would be, now, do not feel obligated to do that, but that would be, that actually, you know what, Dana? If, because I've got, a, I've got a pit boss flag that Jeff gave me that, I've, that I was thinking about putting right there, sort of kind of like do it on an angle. It's, yeah. it's just, so you know what? If I got one, I would put, I would probably make another little shelf right there and put your your uh, decoy right on the wall not on this here because i i block it right like yeah you, you do i didn't want to steal all your thunder <laughs> <laughs> uh but i but i would block like if if you were to put it you know right there where that beer, bird dog is like people wouldn't see it um so we, we'd have to figure out a way to make sure that it that it gets uh noticed because ultimately that's like, and, and that's the thing, right? Like people, and, and I know you brought it up, like people will message you and they'll say, well, how much, how much for a dozen decoys and stuff? And I, and I had asked Jeff one time, um, because to me, it, it, it's, it's cool to be able to say, I'm hunting over decoys that a friend made. And, and as we're talking, my, my, our good, Ryan and, and mine's good friend, uh, Brendan Veerman, he, he's carving decoys. Now, Brendan is extremely OCD, and it takes him a month to do one. His paint is perfect. Everything is perfect, right? Like, that's the type of guy he is. But now he's not selling them. He's making them for himself. He wants to be able to hunt over his own decoys and, and, yep. and stuff like that, right? Which, yeah. which, which, is, which is amazing. But when you say, you know, people will contact you and ask you how much, you know, it is for, for a dozen decoys or half a dozen decoys or one decoy, whatever it is, part of the, part of the lure to buying like a handmade decoy is the fact that you could say, listen, this is, this didn't come out of a mold and it didn't come from overseas this this is a friend a friend of mine made this 
And that's what I look at. Like when we went to PEI and I hunted over Jeff Coates and, and, uh, uh, and Geoff, when I hunted over their decoys, like that was, that was cool to be able yeah. to say that I was hunting over a friend of mine's handmade decoys. Like I picked them up the keel and, and the lines and like every, it was just, it was just really, really cool. And we've talked about this and we've had guests on time and time again, Ryan. And I know you, you've talked about it because you and your dad, especially your dad, because your dad is, is, is beyond like Ryan's dad has gone beyond shooting birds he shot enough birds now it's always about that special moment on a hunt right so to be able to say this well you know what we didn't we didn't limit out but i had i had a dozen of handmade call uh handmade decoys made by a friend and that's what i hunted over like those are the special special moments oh yeah And and as someone who makes decoys there's nothing more satisfying and gratifying and just a lot of times I catch myself not shooting because yeah. I'm you know I'm watching these you know majestic birds that I'm fooling you know to come in and land in my decoys and it's like that's pretty fucking badass you know and like my son's like oh, shoot the sons of bitches <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah that buddy there was a little bit of newfie in that in that one right there when you said oh, that shoot the, yeah. <laughs> shoot the sons of bitches Dana, uh, what what uh what decoys are you making are you making like I, so you just make strictly sea ducks that so you're making like the three scoters the long tail and eider or are you making puddle x too um i always swore i wouldn't do puddle ducks only because there's more detail yeah Oh, and then, you know, it's just not rocket science, more detail, more time, you know, trying to get them all as, as uniform as you can. It's just, it's not worth my time and effort. Um, so, yeah, so I do uh, Eider, Skoder, all three Skoders. Um, Old Squaw are about the limit because there are a fair amount of detail to make them look, you know, right on the water. Uh, Goldeneye, uh, Lesser, Greater Scop. Uh, blue um, ring neck. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm forgetting. Like I said, I just did. I'm working on two dozen mallards for uh, Busta Duck down in Arkansas. Right. He and his and his uh, head guide Brett. They've uh, been so kind to. They're just all about my decoys, and they they're uh, they're going to give them a whirl this this fall and 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 see how they work. So. I'll be anxious to see how they and, hold up. And you hunted with those guys. Like Jeff was supposed to make it too, right? Like you and yep. Jeff were going to go down and do a hunt with Busted Duck and yep. Jeff's light and everything got all fucking yeah. wild. But yeah, but the the mallard decoy, like you 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 produced that a while ago, right? Like you, you've you've built a mallard decoy. Like this isn't the first time that you've done a mallard decoy. You've done it in the past, and you uh-huh. you've used it, right? No, this is the, the mallard. I oh, I started one shortly thereafter. I got back from. from oh, Arkansas. is that right? Okay, because I and, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because I was looking on Instagram and I seen, uh, but maybe I just didn't pay attention to the date. Um, yeah, because I, I they they busted my ass enough, and I probably had enough to drink <laughs> that they talked me into to trying them. <laughs> and, and believe it or not, they they really weren't that bad to, to make. 
but um, I don't want to get any more detail than that. It's well, yeah. but they look good because I looked at the picture. So you know, you're using you're using the the, the lobster pot the, uh, buoys, but then yeah. what are you doing? So like the heads, because the heads look amazing. Like the heads look very detailed. That the body is is basic, and and I'm not trying to downplay what no, you're no, doing. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. The body is basic, but the head looks like the head looks amazing. Like if you pull up one of your mallard decoys and then compare it to that long tail, that very first long tail that you had, there's a big difference in the head. Uh, yeah, yeah. the The heads I get from a guy I met um, online. He's up in uh, Minnesota, and he's got a wood duplicator. I don't know if you've ever seen one. No, never but heard of it. I started doing my own heads and just, uh, they were crude, they were rough, but I mean, they still look good and, and still would work. But like I said, long story short, I met this guy and he's like, I said, what do you charge for those heads? Uh, rough, five bucks a piece with eyes. I'm thinking, that's a no brainer. So he does send me the heads and, and they're species specific, but I do have to do quite a bit of handwork with a Dremel and to, you know, make them look a little more proportionate or change the angle of the head or go from a feeding to a dabbling to a resting or, or whatnot. But yeah, that was a no brainer for, for that money. Yeah, um, I bet. Yeah. So yeah. Looks so like, when did you make this post? Sorry, Ryan, you can, because uh, I'm oh. looking at, I'm looking at that, that yeah. mallard right now. I think that's the cool thing about CDOT decoys because mostly in your puddler or your field sets it's more about a fashion show it's trying to get like you know your dave smiths you're trying to get as most lifelike as possible and you're coming up with different ways to i don't know create longevity in the decoy whether it's bags or individually bagging you know whatever but in the sea duck in the sea duck world what works is stood the test of time. You don't have to have, you know, the prettiest decoy on the market, but you got to have something that at least replicates the species you're hunting in right. this color scheme, but it's got to be built to last. And that's probably your number one priority when you're building those decoys, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and fortunate enough that I've been, you know, see that hunting for 20 years and I know how much of a beating these things take. And, um, and, and luckily enough, there's only a, a couple uh, I think Carry Light and maybe GHG make eider decoys, and the GHG mm. ones actually look really, really nice, and they're very lifelike. But again, they're you know eighty, ninety dollars for four, and you know you you shoot them a couple times, and the paint chips off, and it, it just um, so yeah. So it, I was almost challenged by that. I said I can make a better decoy um, with using the lobster buoys and and. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend everyone that buys them off me. I said, I know it sucks, but spend the money and buy the individual slotted bags. Because, you know, it, again, it's not rocket science. You take two hand-painted decoys and rub them together while they're mm -hmm. in the back of your truck. Mm -hmm. Paint's going to weigh it, there's no doubt. But yeah. um, And Jeff does that all with his two foamzillas. He's got them all in individual, you know, pocketed bags, which it do they do save the the, the life and the pain of the mm -hmm. decoy well how many times have how many times have you heard it especially with a waterfowl hunter a duck hunter have you heard someone say you know um spend once cry once you know um 
spend the money it, it you know it, spend the money like that that's the thing that i always i i sort of kind of always couldn't couldn't get my head wrapped around is why would you buy an inferior product when you know next year you're going to have to go bought to replace it do you know what i and 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 i say that and I, and i know some you know people just don't have um premium dollar to spend on stuff but right but if in, you, if in the long the run you're right. better off just buying the proper thing in in the beginning and and if that means you have to delay your per purchase then then delay your purchase you know i mean any guy that's going to go out and spend four hundred dollars for six avian x full body deco goose decoys and they can't spend the 80 90 dollars or 100 dollars for a, a slotted bag yeah and, you know yeah good point yeah I, I have this I have this argument all the time, especially like I I really really, and and I know I'll get a bunch of messages next week uh, on Tuesday when or Monday and Tuesday when this comes out. But I really really cannot buy into the flocking. Like I, I just I it just doesn't make sense to me to pay the extra money and I'm hard on gear. I, I don't, I don't baby my, my stuff. I, I throw it around. I I'm, you know, the, the extra amount of attention I had to, to put into things. I just, I just don't, I, I just don't see it. And, and if you're the type of person where you don't mind doing that, then great. Good, good for you. Um, I, I wish I had your patience really, because ultimately that's what it comes down to. I'm just not patient enough to, to, to do all the care that that it comes with it but i just i just can't and and with with that kind of decoy comes a premium dollar as well right? Absolutely. yeah you know and, and i tell people too i said hunting over my decoys or any handmade decoys i said it's not like hunting over your greenhead gear that's right 79.95 for a dozen mallards you know because i said if you treat these decoys like you do those you know you're gonna not even get a season out of them that's right yeah you know and as long as people understand that you know i mean it, it is and and the and the people that are interested in in buying a hand carved decoy from anybody they know what they're getting for the most part you know they know that they take special care and most years you're gonna have to do maybe a little touching up to them to spruce them back up but yeah it's, it, uh, i've uh i've said it a few times that you know, like I, I, I asked Jeff about a dozen decoys and, 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 the, and there, there is some sticker shock there, right? Just the same as, as with you, Dana, because, you know, it, it takes time to do it. And, and there's all these little things, you know, you're using composite wood for the keel and, and you've got a special kind of paint and you've had so many experiments with epoxy to try and find what's going to hold. So, so all of that, that adds up, right? Um, I, I've, like when I reached, when I reached out to Jeff and I was like, I, I want some, you know, handmade decoys. My idea was opening day every year. I want yeah. to be able to hunt over mm. handmade decoys. That's it. The rest of the year, I'll use, I'll use my decoys, beat the shit out of them, throw them around. They get shot up. They get shot up. I go fucking buy some more, whatever. Yeah. And again, it comes down to that experience. It comes down to having somebody like, how amazing would it be to have 
somebody that on their very first hunt, their very first time being introduced to waterfowl hunting, and you can you can tell a story about the spread of birds uh, of decoys that are in front of you to say, listen, my friend Dana in in Maine made these. Um, this is what they're made out of, you know, but it's only one hunt out of the year. Yeah. Like that, that's the experience. That's the yeah. stuff that, that fellas, it, I think people like us, I say fellas, but people like us, um, I think that's where we're at in our, in our duck hunting career right now is, is now you're trying to build that experience. It's not always just smashing limits it, it's to be able to tell a story and and everybody lives by instagram and social media now uh, and to just put up a picture of of a limit of ducks eh, you know what lots of people put up pictures of limits of ducks yeah. mm. but nobody had but and i shouldn't say nobody but there's very few people that have a story to go with the pictures and, and that's what I try to instill into my son because he's, I think, finally uh, gotten to the point where I, th I think he believes in my decoys because he's, he's tried it with some other friends of mine that, that have bought him, said, you know, I purposely ran a string of Eurider decoys and GHGs. And I don't, maybe it was shit luck, but they all seem to head towards yours. I don't, like, again, I don't I know believe if my it. son... I don't know I if my son it. finally bought into it, but so when he goes out and hunts, and I've I've created a monster with him, um, <laughs> hunt it. But I, you know, I always tell him, you know, how was the hunt? Did you guys do good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care how many shot. I want to know. Have you got any pictures with the birds with, like, with my decoys? Yeah, you know, yeah. Or you, you know, I yeah. It's it's gratifying for me to 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 see somebody that is. And has made a memory with hunting over my decoys. You know oh, that that has to be a huge feather in your hat. It is. It is. And actually, Ryan, there's do you know Trevor Oakley? He owns um Sea Dog Outfitters. No, I don't. Is he in New Brunswick or is he in Nova Scotia? Nova Scotia. Oh no. Yarmouth? Uh, good question. He's probably going to yeah. kill kill me saying you don't know where the fuck I live. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's got a. Uh, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. He's got a, a dozen of my eider decoys, and he was going to do it last year. He was going to run. Yeah. Um, he's got some other older handmade eiders that he uses, and he was going to run mine. But he said the seas this year up there were just absolutely brutal. Yeah, we had a we had a herd. We had actually Nova Scotia's pretty easy climate in the winter, but this year was we had a true winter. And like usually that Christmas time is is I do more puddle duck hunting than I do sea duck. Really, I haven't sea duck hunting really much at all. But um, the Christmas time is usually like the end all be all for for waterfowl hunting years is usually at its peak. But man, like a week before Christmas, we were froze up. It was cold. It was nasty. And so yeah, I mean. Uh, I would definitely believe that the ocean was equal to the rest of the weather and just was crap. Yeah. No, he said that, you know, he's born and raised up there and he said, I've never seen the ocean the way it was. And he actually never was able to hunt over wow. any of my decoys. That he said that I, he had to cancel several guided hunts because he said the weather and the seas were so bad. He said they'd yeah. never seen them like that. 
it's crazy because the weather pattern, like the, uh, you, you can debate all you want, but the weather pattern, weather patterns are changing big time. Anything coming up the Eastern seaboard now, like it, it, it's not the same, right? It's not no. the same as what it was. Um, like I talk, I still talk to my mom and dad every day in, in Newfoundland and, and I've heard my dad say now, by the time those storms make it to Newfoundland, they, they've dissipated. Uh, uh, usually they've dissipated a bit by the time they make it to Newfoundland. Um, but I've heard my dad say, he was like, man, it, it like Southwest wind. He said, we've, it, it's been, it's been killer for months and months and months, just crazy, crazy, crazy Southwest wind. So, yeah. you know, like there's something to be said about it. And, and when you, when you got a guy that's, you know, born and raised and, and, and is making his living off the ocean. When he says, yeah, you no know, thing, things, things aren't, something's not right here. You best be paying attention to what he's saying because he knows more than anybody. Yeah. And a, and a, and a lot of people, I mean, as you guys both know, you know, we'll say, geez, can you take me out to see that And I said, Oh, well, what days can you go? Cause we got to look at the calendar. Yeah. You know, because depending on where you are in Maine, like down in the Freeport area where L.L. Bean is, you've got to go by the title chart. You've got, oh, really? you've got a three-hour three window. If you don't get in and out in that three-hour window, hope you didn't have plans for the rest of the day. Really? Yeah. See, and that's and that's something, you know, and, and this this comes back to this this whole, you know, when you're talking to your, your friends and they're, and they're using your decoys and, and they're working. So, so let's say, you know, you got a line of brand X ran out and then you have a, a line of yours, the geographical area and the birds, they know what the fuck is up. Like they do, oh, yeah. they, they know what, what's going on. So, you know, that North Atlantic and, and the play on what you were saying, Ryan, where, you know, it it's second only to to that Alaskan sea. Like, if you don't have your wits about you, the Chesapeake, the the you know, off Maine and 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 that North Atlantic. You know, you, you're not going into a little pond here and and trying to chase some mallards. This is no. this is nasty, nasty stuff. And and like I talked to Jeff about, and I'm. I grew up on the water in Newfoundland. Uh, I grew up fishing with my grandfather and stuff like that. And when I talked to Jeff and, and Jeff's a captain and he's done all the courses and, and, and he's got that designation, the thought process that goes into him deciding on if he's going out on the water on a given day, when he says, I'm not going, you best not be going out on the water. And, I, and I'm sure that's the same way with you, Dana. Like when you, when you say, you know what? Yeah, we're not doing it today. You best yeah. be paying attention. Yeah. And, and we don't go, I mean, the furthest we may go offshore is, is a couple miles, which sounds like a long ways. But I mean, I know a lot of these outfitters that will go out six, seven miles. And yes, the hunting is better. But again, if you don't have the boat or the equipment or the knowledge and know-how, it's nowhere to be. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Because that ocean. Yeah, there's no forgiveness whatsoever with that. No. Yeah. No. Bad enough whatsoever. in the middle of. Bad enough in the middle of August, let alone <laughs> in December. Yeah, when it's hypothermic. Soon as you, soon yeah. as you hit the water, right? 
That's up. Boys, I, I just looked at the time and, and we're, we're over 60 minutes. So, um, Jesus, we could go for a long time on this. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know what that means, Dana, you're just going to have to come back again. Um, Anytime. yeah, buddy, Anytime. This, this was, this was awesome, buddy. I, I love it. This is, this is a really, really good show. I really, I really like it from, from talking about ear hair all the way up to, uh, to special uh, epoxy. Um, we've, we've touched on everything tonight. So and Dana, buddy, yeah. No, real quick, I'll, uh, I'll send you pictures, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Um, your, uh, the decals are all made, so the, the trailer's being done. Oh, I can't so. wait. I was telling mm. Ryan about it before you come That's on. That's awesome. Yeah, I was telling Ryan all about it. And I was like, buddy, like, um, it cost me way more money to send you here oh, take, the yeah. take the vector files and, and do it just yeah. just send me a picture when it's done so i was telling ryan all about it uh, before you come on so and and to be honest with you dana i i'm i'm fairly honored to say that that you reached out and you wanted to put the punisher logo on on your trailer and 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 push it all around maine on, on your travels it it really means a lot to me to yeah. that, that oh you're you welcome my pleasure um, Ryan, buddy, to you. Uh, great to meet you, Dana. Um, we don't get too many East Coast uh, guests no. on here, so this is a treat, especially with two other East Coasters. Although north of the border, it's all the same. We're all cut from the same cloth. So, uh, best of luck to you this this season, man, and hope your business uh, hopefully get that shortage figured out pretty quick and get back yeah. to doing what you love to do, man. So, uh, all the best and uh, cheers. Yes, likewise. Nice meeting you as well. And hopefully we'll be able to meet in person sometime. Definitely. That would be amazing. Eh? Dana to you, buddy. Thanks, Damien. Buddy, you, you are welcome. Uh, like I'm still, still to this day, I'm blown away every time that I reach out to somebody and I ask them if they'd want to come on the show and be able to just shoot the shit with us and, and chat and, and and you're no different dana you're like yes i'd love to come on i'd love to be able to chat with you guys i'd love to be able to to, to chat and tell stories and stuff and and it means the world to me buddy it, it really do and and like ryan said not to take anything away from any other past guests or anybody that's been on this show but to be able to have somebody on from the east coast and have that salt water blowing on your face it it, it means the world to me and 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 it's something common that i have that Ryan and I and, and Merck that we have with you. And, and I can't thank you enough for coming on, buddy. Um, and I look forward to you coming on again. I, I really, really do. My, pl my pleasure. Anytime. We'll have to get Jeff on here one night too. Well, so I, <laughs> I, I, I said to him, I was like, Hey, did you want to, did you want to come on? He was like, absolutely not. I'm not stealing Dana's thunder. Dana gets the show tonight. I'm not coming on. And, uh, and he was like, you and you guys and Dana will do it tonight. I was like, yep, that that's fair. Sounds good. Uh, but we will get, uh, we will get you two on because I, I got a feeling there's some pretty good banter that to go back. And forth. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 94 of the union 0430. If you haven't figured it out yet, we are as advertised. We do not pretend to be anybody that we're not. We're just a group of friends that love talking about hunting birds and meeting the people that we meet. 
Thanks for watching. Please like and subscribe our YouTube channel, our podcast. And uh, thanks so much. Big love until next week. Ciao.